Today we are here with Stephen. I was working late on my Haftorah when I heard a knock on my bedroom door. I opened it up and to my surprise, there was a werewolf standing there with glowing gold eyes. He says, tomorrow, my son, you will be a man, but tonight's the time to join the wolfing clan. Tomorrow you will stand at the bima and pray, but tonight let's gaze at the moon and bay. Werewolf bar mitzvah, spooky, scary. Boys becoming men, men becoming wolves. Happy Halloween. All my 30 rock stands, where y'all at? Werewolf bar mitzvah, spooky, scary. Boys becoming men, men becoming wolves. And Lex. Hi, sorry to say I don't have a song for you all, but uh, I think Stephen had that covered. He usually does. I mean, look, we've been getting feedback from many people. By many people, I mean predominantly Paula, that y'all miss my singing in the outro. And I'm not sure who in their right mind has that sentiment in their in their in their hearts and minds, but okay. Um, but beyond that, seeing as it's almost Halloween. And seeing as if you look at the history of my Instagram comments, like if you go and look at people's photos, I tend to comment the lyrics to Werewolf Bar Mitzvah more often than not. And I don't really know why I do that. I just do. So this felt fitting for multiple reasons. Uh, The proverbial two birds, one stone, if you will. Anywho, we're here today. Lex, you've got some TMNT pajama bottoms on. I do. Thank you for noticing. Here we go. Um, fun fact, uh, uh, one of the co-creators of Ninja Turtles is from my hometown and went to school with like half of my uh, aunts and uncles, I suppose. Interesting. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, he had a mural in our um, freshman hallway right next to his high school girlfriend, April, who is uh, who the character April is named after. Pretty fancy, I guess. Here's another fun fact. Here's another fun fact for you. And I don't know if the listeners will have already heard this or will hear this soon. Because I don't know when we release these episodes. Let's be honest. We know that. But we learned from one of the guests that either you've already heard from, in which case you'll know the episode. Or, and I'm not going to spoil it in case we haven't released it yet. An episode you will hear shortly. um, That horses have good senses of humor and love to play tag. And I didn't know that. And when I learned that during recording of this podcast, it's become my new favorite fact for the past week. I've used it everywhere I've gone, everyone I've talked to over the past like six days. That episode will not be out in time because something exciting in Lex's life is happening the day of this episode release. Oh my God. Is it your bat mitzvah? (laughs) I don't have a clever comeback to that. I want something clever to say and I just, I have nothing. In Jewish homes, usually something exciting is either a bat mitzvah or you met a nice man. And seeing as I know I mean, you already have a nice I, man, I, I had to go with I mitzvah. do uh, look about the age for a bat mitzvah, not going to lie there. So. But since you knew she had a nice man, would it be an assumption to say that she would have already celebrated prior to? You don't find a nice man younger than your bat mitzvah, do you? It depends. It depends on when people fall in love. Look, one of my best friends in the world who doesn't listen to this podcast, um, because why would he, um, was dating a girl for like 
eight years from like seventh or sixth grade, like before bar mitzvah. I mean, he's not Jewish. He didn't get bar mitzvah, but in the parable, he was of an age prior to the bar mitzvah or he met the seeming love of his life. Of course, they ended up breaking up later on, but they were together for eight years. Um, so point is you can find love early on. I'm not saying it happens or certainly hasn't happened to me, but it's feasible. I feel like I want to know if somebody started dating in middle school and they're happily married now. I know two people that are relatively close to you and they are happily married with two children. I went to their wedding in Saco, Maine. Oh, geez. You said it right. Everybody says Saco wrong. That's what they say in Saco. Saco, Seiko. I don't really understand. Because the only only towns in America with Aco are the ones where there's Colts, the Branch Davidians down there in Texas. Also, 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 so look, the Branch Davidians are certainly one of the claims to quote unquote fame that Waco, Texas has. But if you were looking for other claims to fame, might I point you in the direction of the Dr. Pepper factory and museum? Because Waco is the original birthplace of Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper being the incredible drink with 23 incredible flavors in, in its beautiful kind of caramelly golden color that you get in a gorgeous, delicious, refreshing bottle of Dr. Pepper that I tend to enjoy whenever we record Creating Magic Podcast. I'm impressed that you snuck that in so early on. Yeah, it is, it is an early sneak on. We haven't even introduced Lex yet. And look, and look, usually I kind of just bring it up as an non sequitur it happened to come up this time with good old sacco sucko nobody can say the name of main towns and it's really funny to us when tourists come in actually i was talking to paula about this we have a town in maine called bangor but out-of-staters call it banger and And i had to burst for paula's bubble usually i buy her a lobster roll first but all right yeah so paula was saying she'd been to bangor for like a work conference or something so she, when she found out I was from Maine, she messaged me and was like, yeah, the whole time we were like, banger, I barely even know where. It was like, that's funny, but uh, not how it's pronounced. Sorry to say. Here's a real question. Here's a real main question, because I never remember. I know that there's Maine lobster rolls and Connecticut lobster rolls. I know one of them tends to be warm. One of them tends to be chilled. Which one is which? Uh, I don't know that I can answer that question. Jesus. Um, are, are you even from, are you like, are you like mommy? Are you not from Maine? Well, we have both. I prefer cold lobster rolls and I feel wow. like it's more Speak common to me. To me here to get a cold lobster roll, but you can get them either way. Okay. So but cold what, lobster roll yeah. is like on a sub roll and it's mixed with mayo. And then a warm lobster roll sometimes is a sub roll. Sometimes they put on, on like, I don't know, something to make it panini like, but they put warm butter on it. Because, like, if you have a full lobster, I believe it's drawn butter. I believe believe drawn butter is the technical term. Um, Yeah, I mean, look, they're different. It's kind of like, it's kind of like saying I really like tuna, but like ahi tuna and tuna fish are very different applications of tuna. That's very true. Um, We could ask Dan. He's awake. Dan had his first time. He had his he first did. lobster I, a couple months ago. Yeah, I got him into lobster this summer, and it is probably my proudest accomplishment in life to date. <laughs> well, we should probably dig into that but in a more psychological uh, deep dive, but maybe not right here right now. So, Danny, what are we talking about today? Because the people already know and love Lex. The people already have heard her Potter journey and what it means to her. Um, hey, Dan. Um uh, Lex told me. Lex told me you're a boxers guy over briefs. Is that right, or did I get that backwards? 
What is that? I'm a, I'm what? Lex, did you even, Lex, did you tell him about this or is it just like I think so. Remember on our Instagram page when I put, ask his questions, Stephen was our first question. Did I not tell you this? Oh, no, you did, I think. With boxing briefs? Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you have matching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle boxers to match Lex's pajamas? Oh, wait. I think you actually do have Ninja Turtle boxers. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. Cool. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> I mean, it was created in Maine, so you got to. Uh, well, Danny, my questions for the podcast recovered, so uh, I, I'm done here. It's all you. ...of the episode today... Lex and Dan have a new venture starting. So Lex, why don't you tell us what you guys are doing? Yeah, so we have a shop opening today when this is going up, which is insane. Um, as of recording this, it's like a week away, which is still insane. Uh, but we are opening a pin shop. We'll have a few other things going up when it opens. Um, but I've been talking to you about this for how long? Like mm. over a year, over I think. Over a year, at least. Um, I've been drawing out designs. I have a huge stack of like index cards that I doodle on. Um, I've made some of them into shrinky dinks, which is like my model tester thing. So I'll draw the design on a shrinky dink and then shrink it down to see what it would look like as a pin. Okay. Okay. So Uh, inquiring minds, inquiring minds have to interrupt. For those of us that are long dissociated from our childhood, what is a shrinky dink? It's this fancy paper that you draw on. And you cut out whatever shape after you've colored on it. I guess you could color after you've cut it either way. And then you put it in the oven and it shrinks down and like uh, hardens up a little bit. So the paper is really flimsy, but when you shrink it, it gets hard like plastic. But yeah, so I can shrinky dink paper is amazing. If you've not tried shrinky dink paper, you need to, Um, especially if you're creative. It's so much fun. Um, yeah, so I've been talking about this for so long and had ideas and just never did it. Um, and then COVID hit and I decided I needed to stop pushing it off and just do it. Um, so we went through quite a process to get our pins made. We went through a process to figure out what pin to make, um, first, and then going through like picking a manufacturer, getting the digital design done. Um, I feel like I'm different from a lot of pin makers because I don't have a way to digitally draw right now. So I'm just hand sketching things and sending it to the manufacturers and then they have artists on hand that can turn it digital Um, and then go through and proof the designs, get the pins made. And so I'm so excited to have them here. And I know we just have a lot of other things going on too. We're most excited about the pins but I've been making some other things. We have other ducks to get in a row before the shop opens today for you guys. Um, yeah, we're excited. Do you have anything to add? So if I had to chime in for a minute, I would say that Lex put more work into this than she's put into most of anything or I think she's ever worked on. And it has a lot to do with her fandom for you know Harry Potter and such, but of course we want to carry this beyond just Harry Potter. Um, and so... It's, it's really nice to see her work on all this. And I must say, she's doing a lot of the work. I, if anything, I'm just managing the overhead costs and things like that. Um, I'm just giving the more business perspective. But as far as the creativity and honestly, the marketing and everything else for this, I, w- I would say that Lex is doing the majority of the work. And I, I give her kudos to that because I'm more trying to figure this out from an outside perspective of 
how do I support my girlfriend in her dreams? <laughs> and so it's, uh, it's, it's an experience. It's an adventure. And I wish it for anybody who has an interest in something like this, uh, to go on and, you know, pursue something that you have an interest in, you know, outside of work. So. See, and listeners, if you've been listening to this podcast for its entire run, you know exactly where this next comment is heading. Dan is here to support his girlfriend in her dreams, whereas my girlfriend only exists in my dreams. So neither of you have said the name of your shop. That is true. That's Do true. you want to tell the story? Because you came up with the name. So I'm I'm a fanatic for Magic the Gathering, and which is, you know, close enough related, right? <laughs> and it's a, it's a card game. And uh, she was throwing out a bunch of names for the shop and, you know, I didn't quite like the ring to any of them. She'd done a lot of research on, you know, what was out there, but uh, immediately in my mind, it was like, all right, we want it magic centric, but we want it to be vague enough that it just works. And so I had this magic card called Swindle Spell and I, I always enjoyed playing no, it. It's called Spell Swindle. Spell Swindle. And oh yes, that's right. It. And I swapped it and I was like, yeah, swindle spell. But I was like, I also don't want us to be like, you know, mistaken for swindling people. So I didn't use the appropriate uh, spelling of swindle. I just kind of switched the L and the E because I don't know, just thought it was fun. <laughs> and so we did a little research. We said, you know, is there an existing swindle spell? And there wasn't. So swindle spell is the name of our shop now. Talk to us a little bit about the shop logo and and how that came to be, any sort of inspiration, everything from um, from the the image that's kind of on top of the logo, the lettering itself. Talk to us about everything that went into that decision. Sure. Uh, so that was on me. Um, mm-hmm. I use a website called Canva, which I highly recommend if anybody is into graphics and making graphics of any kind. It's super easy to use. I've been using it for years for pretty much any digital thing I need ever. Um, And so I kind of just played around in there. They have a lot of free things to use. Um, So I was just looking at like what, um, why can't I think of the word I want? Well, like digital graphics, I guess, that they had that were magic-ish and just kind of played around with how things look together. Uh, so I guess that's the story there. I picked blue and purple because they're my favorite colors. Um, and then the font I just really liked because it reminded me of like a font you'd see on the spine of a book in the library at Hogwarts or in like Dan's game of magic if there was a spell book there. It just seemed kind of like old enough that it would fit in kind of an ancient magical era. And so I liked that a lot about it. It reminds me, I, I don't know if this is remotely accurate or not, because, well, last time I was at Epcot, I was pretty drunk. But it reminds me of the Scandinavian part of Epcot, whatever the country is that the Scandinavian part is, I forget. Um, but the lettering feels very kind of like, you know, moose and furs and, you know, a big thing of beer, you know. It's got that vibe to it. So I, I get that old-timey kind of vibe. I like that. Isn't it Norway and Epcot? I knew it was some. Well, because I knew it was some Scandinavian country, but then they also tried to layer in the whole frozen thing, and that threw me off even more. Um, because I well, see that, yeah. You know, then you're going from a real country to, Ar- you know, Arendelle, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I don't know. Um, anywho, it's a very cool logo. So 
I know you said, Lex, that you have dozens upon dozens of these shrink eating design things. Um, I just like saying that word. Um, so as of recording, so we're recording on the, what is it, like the 22nd, 21st? 21st. It's 21st. So as of the 21st, if people go to Swindle Spells Instagram, uh, there's one design that's currently up. So talk to us about why that was the first one. Why is that the one that y'all are, are leading the launch with? Sure. Um, so we talked a lot about what design to put first. Um, Dan's been really pushing for a slughorn design. That's what he wanted. Um, I really wanted a hairy design first. And we landed on the earwax pin partially because of my birdie bots bound. I feel like a lot of people know me by that outfit now. So it seemed kind of fitting to have a jelly bean pin as my first one. Um, but also I feel like in the Potter pin community right now in general, there are bean related things everywhere. I don't know what it is about beans and the birdie bots related things, but people love them. Um, so I thought it would be fun to put out another bean related pin that's really different from everything that's out right now. Um, it just seemed, I don't know, fun to kind of add to that craze that's happening. Do you know what you're releasing next or are you still in the planning of that? We're still in the planning. So Dan and I actually have been going back and forth about this as well um, because I do have so many designs to put out, um, but we don't know how these ones are going to sell. So I think for now we're kind of waiting to see how the ear pins do um, and what the want is for them before investing into another design. Um, I think I'm going to plug Steven's pin pod for a second. Um, he interviewed Amy on there. And that was one of the things she talked about um, new pin makers doing as a mistake is to keep making more designs before you know, like how well you're going to do in the market. I um, just don't want to lose money, but I'm hoping they do well. I have so many more designs. Um, we're probably sitting on 20 to 30 more pin designs I've got designs for prints and stickers. So we've got a lot that I think people will be excited about. So I'm hoping they're excited about the start of the shop so that we can keep it going and bring more things to life in the future. She's chock full of designs, but it's of course, you know, a matter of, you know, what's the interest? What's the engagement? Um, this is a market that I, I feel like she and, a few others know pretty well. Uh, I'm new to this, of course. And so I, I felt uh, if I was going to support her, I was going to, you know, do it from afar, but also do it, you know, in a way that I want to make sure that everything she thinks is there is realistically there. Um, so waiting to see how people respond, you know, everything seems very positive thus far. If you've seen our Instagram and uh, what's going on there and things look really good. Uh, and if it can keep up and you know, the first uh, batch of pins goes really well. We'd be glad to re, you know, restock this one in particular if it's going to continue to sell. Uh, we gladly come out with other designs. You know, tons of different things. Um, but there's no end to her creativity. Uh, I I feel like she has a grasp of the content um, more than most other designers, and in, in a way that she's very specific. She's very specific, like. Uh, I'm not sure if she shared with you how she came to this design in particular, but um, has she has she done so yet? Have you? 
Not to dating. I guess we haven't. We can you can share on the podcast so people don't know. Oh, the yeah. people don't know. Okay. Well, sure. Um, I don't want to steal your thunder. Go ahead. Why don't you mm-hmm. share? Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> um, so it's called the earwax pin. If you've seen it, it's an ear full of jelly beans. Um, well, I guess there's only one jelly bean in the ear, but it has jelly beans around it. Um, so I designed this pin after this scene in, um, why can't I think of anything today? Sorcerer's Stone. I could only think Philosopher's <laughs> Stone. I was like, a, that's not the American version. Anyways, um, the scene in Sorcerer's Stone where Dumbledore goes to visit Harry in the hospital wing. And they're talking about the Birdie Bot's beans. And Dumbledore takes one. And I think he says, like, I must be safe or I'll be safe with a toffee or whatever it is. Um, and then he takes a bite. And the line is, alas, earwax. And that's the line that this pin is based off of. And I just haven't seen anybody do anything like that. Um, and I feel like, like Dan was saying, a lot of my designs are really particular um so I come up with a lot of them too um just reading through the books so I have a huge list on my phone of pin ideas I haven't even drawn out yet where I'll just be reading and something will pop out at me and I'd be like oh that'll make a really cool pin if I could design that into something or a sticker or whatever it is um so yeah a lot of them are really specific haven't been made that I've seen at least and what I like also is a lot of them like with the ear pin, uh, you wouldn't look at that and necessarily know it's Harry Potter right away. I really like subtle um, fandom things. And like we were saying, like we have so many designs um, and all of the designs for the most part right now are Harry Potter. And like Dan was saying, we want to expand to other things. So I just have so much Harry Potter, obviously, because that's the fandom that I'm most active in. Um, but there's plenty of other like shows, movies, games, and things we want to make things for in the future. Yeah, you know, you, you touched on it a little bit earlier. You're right. There certainly are seemingly dozens upon dozens of uh, bean-centric designs kind of out there in the Potter pin space. And I know just because I'm also in the Potter pin space, although, again, I can't do stick figures. I'm not a creator. Um, you know, there's been a lot of conversation about, um, the potential for a lot of designs to become derivative of other creators' designs. And, and there's a lot of sensitivity to that in the community. Can you talk about, um, kind of what that means to you and kind of how you thought about that as you were designing, you know, this, this earwax pin and, and going, you know, beyond certainly with the rest of your designs? Sure. Um, so when designing, Something really important that you need to consider is obviously, like you were saying, what designs are already in existence. Um, So in all of my designs, I've been very careful to stay far away from anything even remotely similar to what other people are doing. Um, So a lot of the bean pins I've seen, singular beans, like um, Stina Laser Brain Patch Co. does. Um, So she kind of started that craze and other pin makers have kind of taken it over as well. Um, so that's been a big thing. And then a lot of people do designs around the packaging of Birdie Bots. Um, so I knew when I was going to make a bean pin that I didn't want to do a singular bean. I didn't want to have anything with the packaging because um, I really wanted to make it my own. And I got into designing because I wanted to make things that I haven't seen before. 
Um, it's kind of the whole point of getting into designing for me is designing things that other people aren't designing. Um, so that it's really unique to, to me and to our shop. So when you're looking for unique things to design, and I know you have quite the list, we've talked about a lot of your stuff. Are you looking for the more obscure? And also, are you looking to go outside the realm of the Potter world? Um, so I wouldn't say I'm necessarily looking for more obscure things. Um, it just kind of happens that way. Because uh, like I was saying, I get a lot of inspiration just from reading the books. And so a lot of the things I read are things where I'm like, that would make a really cool product. And I've never seen anyone make that before, because probably because it's so small and obscure. Uh, but I really like it because, again, I love when things subtly hint at a fandom. So that's kind of, I guess, my answer there. And then we definitely want to expand in the future. I have been designing a couple things for Avatar The Last Airbender. I recently got into that show. I freaking love it. Um, I also just finished rewatching Once Upon a Time and have a couple ideas of that. I'm trying to think of, I have a list on my phone of like all the shows and movies that I want to make things for. I'd say Potter's obviously the top one. Um, after that would probably be Avatar. Have you watched Korra yet? I haven't, but Dan is watching that right I am. Yeah, uh, I'm enjoying it thoroughly. I'm very close to the end. No spoilers, please. Uh, <laughs> and um, I, I've loved it so far. Um, I hear a lot of criticism uh, between the Avatar and Korra, but uh, you know what? I love it equally. I don't, I don't mind it. I think it's a great, um, it's just a great show. I think Gallivant is on my list for sure. And um, I can't even recommend that people go watch Gallivant. They took it off of Netflix and it hasn't been picked up by anywhere else as of yet. And it's not on DVD anywhere. So right now, I guess you can probably try and pirate it off of YouTube, but otherwise it doesn't exist. Uh, but if you do like musicals, I suggest finding the Galvant soundtrack on YouTube because it is incredible. YouTube is great. Let me just say, look, they're not a sponsor. They're look, I'm not plugging them the same way I plug Dr. Pepper, which is by and away the best soft drink product out there. Um, but I have been watching a tons of Hell's Kitchen on YouTube, like full episodes. Um, it's been outstanding. I don't have to pay for it. You know, just there it is, full episode. Gordon Ramsay yells at someone for 47 minutes, calls him a fucking donkey, and I close my laptop and I'm happy. It's great. Uh, there's one. Oh, there's a great one. <laughs> There's a great, <laughs> there's one where he's got one of the chefs in a back room and he's yelling at her. He literally puts two pieces of bread on either side of her head and says, what are you? And she goes, an idiot sandwich, chef. an idiot sandwich. It's outstanding. Um, I think that's gotta be a meme somewhere though. That also reminded me, it's so, so unrelated, Danny, I'm sorry, we're getting off topic. But I can't Have you hear heard the, the word podcast. No, that's very true. <laughs> but I can't hear the word baguette and not think about my cousin. Baguette boy. Yeah. So I have a cousin that Dan and I call baguette boy because um, my aunt uh, had a photo shoot with him, like dressed as a little French kid with baguettes. And so he's just like hugging baguettes in this photo shoot. And it made our lives, I think, when we saw those pictures. They are so funny. And he will forever be Baguette Boy. Steven looks concerned. No, I'm just thinking of the extended universe of all the different ways Baguette Boy could be brought to life. 
I mean, there's costumes that y'all could, like Lexus feels like a ready-made costume for you. Um, there's a whole series of comics and like the adventures, like the foibles of Baguette Boy, um, right? He could be a little crime-fighting Frenchman running the streets of Paris. Um, yeah, maybe I could. Yeah, I not to get ahead of ourselves as we're talking about Swindlespell, but I am also thinking in the future of opening a second shop just because Swindlespell was created to be more of like a nod to different fandoms. Um, so I feel like another shop where it's just kind of my own creations just because might happen. Um, I do a lot of tie-dye, so definitely have a lot of tie-dye in there. But maybe Baguette Boy would make an, an oh my gosh, an appearance. You could name that shop Baguettes and Burritos. Yeah. Um, actually, I was talking to one of my coworkers today about opening that shop and was like, just imagine a line of burrito stickers. But I want Definitely all of them. I want every single sticker to have your face on the end, kind of like in that Patrick Star face where his mouth's all open, uh, you know, like, but I want that to be your face. I think that would be perfect. I would pay endless amounts of money for that. All right. Then you'll have to write that down. Genius idea. Captured from possibly clinically insane man on a podcast since you do like tie-dye and i definitely have every time i've seen you at some point you have had tie-dye on are there plans to try to make a pin that includes tie-dye i hadn't even thought of that but yeah now that you say it i'll have to find a way to incorporate that like that just feels on brand for you it is very on brand i feel like um, recently, in recent years, my tie-dye obsession has slipped a little bit, and I really need to bring it back. Um, I used to do this thing called Tie-Dye Tuesday, which just means you wear tie-dye every Tuesday. Um, and the club I was president of in college met on Tuesdays, so it was perfect. I got everybody to do it. Everybody associated me with tie-dye. I think at least half my wardrobe, if not more, was tie-dye in college. I feel like my dream... Um, pin maybe I could make this actually for swindle spell would be a ninja turtle with tie-dye maybe wearing a tie-dye t-shirt eating a burrito I think that's the dream yeah maybe we could um, throw like a Harry Potter book in his hand or have him wear just try to to add in every single thing you love in some way yeah driving a VW van it would be perfect in the long term where would you like to see your shop go what would be like your dream for your shop? Um, so one thing I've been thinking about a lot is um, Stina over at Laser Brain Patch Co. does drops almost every week, which I feel like is so fun. Probably not for her, but <laughs> as somebody in the community, I think it's so much fun because you can like can consistently expect that she's going to have a new drop and new designs coming out. And I think she's just so engaged in the community because she always has new products coming. And she's another one that she does things from so many fandoms. Um, Actually something that's cool about Stina's pins. So on top of laser brain, she runs, um, I think it's called lapels and spells. It's her other shop. Um, There's a chain. I don't know if it's in Maine. I think I've asked you about this before. And we don't know. It might just be in Maine. It might be across New England. Unsure, but it's called Bull Moose. And we have one locally to us. And lapels and spells pins are sold in Bull Moose stores. 
So like we can drive right down the road and see some of Cena's pins in real life in a store, which is insane. Um, so that's another thing that would be so cool to be able to sell in a small store like that. Um, do you have any ideas for the future of the shop? Nope, that about covers it. Uh, Bull Moose is the dream. Yeah. <laughs> Bull Moose yeah. is the dream. That's yeah. where uh, Dan gets his magic card. So it is. See that being the dream. Uh, yeah, that's really all I've thought about past like getting all of my designs made into something tangible. Um, so hopefully there will be enough support that that can be a thing for us. Well, and I know we usually save this for the end, but where can we find your shop? What are your handles so that people can go check those out? So it's at Swindlespell. Swindlespell is spelled S-W-I-N-D-E-L. Spell. Yeah, so hopefully after a drop, we'll be more active on there. I've been posting quite a bit to stories, um, but I'm hoping after the stores open, we'll have more content to post uh, to the feed. We've kind of just had a thing going right now where we're posting every Monday. Um but yeah, I definitely want to get more up on our feed to build more of a relationship with the community on that page. And you As of right now, we only have an Instagram handle, but um, there's potential room for uh, moving into Facebook and uh, you know having our own page and things as well, uh, which I'll probably take more of a look at. Um, just again, small starts, humble beginnings, right? And uh, we hope that, you know, uh, especially where most of everything she does in relation to the, the um, you know, Potter community is based on Instagram. Um, I, w- I would like to think eventually maybe we can escape and, you know, end up on other platforms as well. But yeah. And what platform will your sales be on? For now it's going to be through Etsy. Um, neither of us have used Etsy before. Um, I know quite a few sellers go through there, so we're going to see how that goes. Maybe we'll stick to Etsy. Maybe we'll end up with our own site. Um, but to start, Etsy seems like our best bet while we're figuring it out. We're up for recommendations, those listening. <laughs> Steven, you've been very quiet over there. Unusually quiet considering how much singing happened prior to the record button. Look, this is this is all about Lex and Dan and... Swindle spell. This isn't about Stephen. I appreciate that clearly the co-host and the guests of this podcast want to hear more from Stephen, but this isn't about Stephen. Not everything in life is about Stephen. That's what I try to remind myself each and every day. This is about Swindle spell. We appreciate that. <laughs> You're welcome. Lex and I are questioning who you are I'm right now. You, yeah, I'm glad you said something nice. I was trying to think of some like rude witty comment, like body swap twin we never knew about yeah i i kind of feel like i'm glad we have this uh on record i think at some point this could be blackmail i'm gonna just, just go edit back this into random things like, where steven's just saying it's not look, about me look blackmail can't exist <laughs> when the person you're trying to blackmail is shameless so we've talked about your pins and you want to do stickers and artwork do you see yourself moving into prints and stuff sooner rather than later or are you going to kind of wait and see how things kind of go at this point um 
Probably a mix of both, if that makes any sense at all. Um, We do want to see how things are going. A lot of like the stickers and prints that I have ideas for, um, like I've sketched them out, but I really want digital, which I don't have the tools for right now. I've been talking to Dan for probably two months now about getting an iPad. And I feel like every other day I'm like, should I just do it? And uh, it's been two months. I haven't done it yet. But yeah, that's kind of what I've been waiting on is just my will to break. And I go get the iPad and learn how uh, how to use Procreate and can start turning things into prints and stickers. But I showed Steven quite a while ago. I Everything's a mess in our apartment. I don't see where it is now, but I have a print idea. I don't know if anybody will want it because it's a drawing of me that I did um, in my Birdie Bots outfit. I really like it. So hopefully other people will too. If not, maybe that'll be like a thank you card in the future. Um, but I thought that would make a great art. Christmas card. Like holiday, that's what I want from you. holiday card. This podcast is non-denominational. Thank you very much. I guess technically it's not denominational as much as it's interfaith because you and I have different faith leanings or ascribe to different religious beliefs. Thank you very much. So it's a holiday card. That's right. I do want to say I agree, but before we started recording, Stephen was singing Christmas songs. Because you brought up Christmas. It was. I didn't just walk in singing Christmas songs. It was my job. I was prompted. If someone had said, Stephen, sing a Hanukkah song, I'd be singing all about my dreidel and how I made it out of clay. And when I was driving radio dreidel, I shall play. Do you remember when you guys were, were were remorseful that I was quiet about 90 seconds ago? This is what you get. This is what you get. Okay? Oh, and you asked for a Hanukkah song. Lots of latkes, lots of latkes, lots of latkes, lots. Let's all eat them up. That's what I taught to my first and second graders at Temple Emmanuel. Which yeah, I feel like, okay, I feel like all of the Hanukkah songs I've ever heard were like, in elementary school where they're like, these are Jewish songs for little kids. Why are there no like fun holiday Jewish songs on the radio for Hanukkah? I could go into a really deep dive on American capitalism and how, although uh, predominantly Jewish male executives tend to dominate the music industry, there's not really a market for that. And Christmas has been far more capitalized and Judaism is kind of looked upon with some form of scorn by the American uh, capitalist consumer society. Um, but instead, I will just say that for whatever reason, we have not developed as catchy of tunes. Can you write a Hanukkah song? No. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe you can start on that. Again, again, the same way that I am many things, but I am not a young teenage girl. Um, I am many things when it comes to music. I used to be somewhat talented in the musical realm, performing arts. But one time in high school, I tried to write a song for my then high school girlfriend and good Lord, was it awful. I would have broken up with me on the spot if someone had given me that. So, uh, I'm, look, no one wants me to write anything. It's not good. I'm still very off topic, but that reminded me of it. Um, so have you guys seen the challenge going around where people will post, like, the beginning of their relationship and what it is now? We don't have don't relationships. We don't know these things. I'm a lonely it's son been... of shit, so no. <laughs> it's been all over my Facebook but anyway, so like people post their first picture with their significant other and then their yeah, most yours, recent. Yours was, no, this is Patrick. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. So people like normally will post their first picture together. And then I saw a whole article where it was people posting their first exchange over like text or Facebook or Tinder or wherever. And so I went back to Den Nuys and for that text, um, if anybody follows my Finsta, it's at flexi.onesock. Um, Dan and I were in the same room when we were texting each other because we were hanging out for the first time that weekend. And so he texted me to make sure I had his number, but we're standing right next to each other. So his text was all sweet, like, hey, it's Dan with a smiley face. And my text back was, no, I'm dirty, Dan. But I was talking about this at work today because I, like, I think I'm hilarious. I thought that was so funny. But in retrospect, I'm like, I don't really know how the relationship kept going from there. Oh, this is where I chime in. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, uh, it did. It did. Yeah, that's your. It Dan it is, his going. name is so much fun because there's <laughs> so much with Dan. Like, there's Dirty Dan, Lieutenant Dan, Damn Daniel. Mm-hmm. It just goes on forever. Classic white boy name. If you need one, it's in the, in the Bible, and you know that's how my mother picked it. So. I've already got it. <laughs> yeah. Ah, yes, Bring yeah. religion back yes. into it, huh? Yeah. yeah. Hey, it had to be a full come around, right? <laughs> it's in the Old Testament, so we're still in the Jewish time period. Right. Oh, that's very true. There you go, Stephen. Boy, the way that you said that so cavalierly came so very close based on your intonation to sounding inappropriate. But, but you kind of skated through it against any form. Man, I'm glad that our shop has somehow uh, turned into religious history. It's not really history so much as like like skimming the surface level commentary on basic elements. But sure. Also, can something really be history if it's based all on myth? There's a question for you. There's a question for you. But aren't myths mostly based on things that have actually happened? I don't know. Are they? Well, I feel like, too, isn't a lot of stuff in Potter based on myth? So then would Potter not be real by that? Well, Potter technically technically is based on the machinations of what we have now come to learn as an extremely bigoted woman um, while she was on a train, like, to or from Edinburgh or something. Um, So, you know. So about your shop. Don't they ban Harry Potter books in elementary schools? Isn't that oh, true? across the South, across like across the Bible Belt. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah oh, it's like yeah. one of the most banned books, isn't it? Yeah, and, which yeah, this which and um, Emily this the and, Nerd Jacket was not allowed to read the Harry Potter books. Yeah, this and uh, Ray Bradbury are like some of the most banned books across America. Um, Man. Which g- great line, great line from The West Wing. I forget what season it was. It was. The episode 18th and Potomac, where Dolores Lanningham gets killed, spoiler alert. And well, I guess it would have been two cathedrals because she was killed in 18th and Potomac in the episode two cathedrals, which is one of the best episodes of the West Wing of all time. Um, the whole episode is centered around President Bartlett having flashbacks when he first met Dolores Lanningham when he was a kid at a boarding school in New Hampshire, which is close to Maine, somewhat of a tie-in. Um, and young Jed Bartlett is talking to his father about banning books at the school that he goes to and he goes well the father's like did you write this and he's like a big conservative kind of very protestant puritanical person and jed's like yeah i did and he's like did you mean what you said and he goes yeah they they banned fahrenheit 9-11 they banned a book about banning books and it was funny and it was clever and anywho that's all to say i appreciate that line that's the tie-in 
Danny, you can you, edit all that out. Well, you also referenced the wrong book. It's Fahrenheit 451. Oh, okay. Well, fuck me. It's one of my favorite books. Fuck me then. All right. I'm just the idiot over here. I'll go put it. No, I think Fahrenheit 9-11 is like a... An idiot sandwich. You need a couple baguettes. Gee, I really am not the brightest. It's fine. So who are we shouting out for creator shout outs this week? Um, I have a lot actually, but I need my cellular. I got you. Do you know where I put it? Oh my gosh, is my hair's eating me? I put my phone down because it kept buzzing and I didn't want weird audio. It was on my leg once upon a time. Oh, TikTok. That's a TikTok. That's a TikTok. Once upon a time, not long ago, I was a hoe. And I'm admitting it. Oh, that is Because I did that shit. I was a hoe. Okay. So. I have been on the podcast. This is my third time now. And I always debate the shout out because it's a lot of people. Um, But I've been thinking about it for a while. So I feel like I just need to. Um, So I am in a group uh, chat, a bunch of Gryffindor ladies on Instagram. Um, I started this chat, I'd say like a month after I joined Pottergram in 2019, 2018, 2019. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, and it's kind of just grown from there. I added a couple people I knew and then people just kept adding other people. Um, so I wanted to shout out some of these ladies. Um, so we have a Pottery Quest, um, Fan City Central TV, which I'm pretty sure um, Emma, who runs that account, is doing fan miss soon. Um, she does a lot of posts for different fandoms and does fan miss giveaways every year, which are super cool. Um, Gryffindor Gem, Gryffindork27, Mischief Managed YEG, um, at Mrs. Magic Maker, Pensive underscore Pot. Uh, Pretty Little Snitch underscore, The Speckled Hippogriff, X Hagrid's Dot Hut, and The Lightning Struck Tower. Um, so we talk in this chat probably every day. I think every day. We might have skipped a day here and there, but for the most part, it's been going every day for over a year now. And I really think that this group is the reason that I stay on Pottergram. Uh, I, I definitely in the beginning they were um okay in the beginning for sure the i'm getting there the fuck are we i'm Shall getting we? there well i didn't know you until last october the fuck are we so that was like six months that i didn't know you Who's i wouldn't have that? even met you if it wasn't for them because if i didn't have that chat i would have left pottergram so early on and we never would have met I don't know how to answer that, but we did meet, and now I have so many more reasons to be on Pottergram. There we go. That's where you that, like smuggling khakis and creating magic. And mandrakes and mischief. Yeah. Mandrakes and mischief, the pin pod. Collect them if you want them. Die struggle. Um, that song so many every time options. gets stuck in my head. Sure. That there okay, I know, I know all the words. I'm singing it all day long after I listen to an episode. All I'm saying is nobody, look, people might very well care about the actual content in the episodes. And I appreciate y'all, whoever you are, but the only feedback I get is about the, is about the theme song and it's incredible, but that's the only feedback I get. So at this point, I'm like, why do I even do the podcast? Why don't I just copyright the song, start selling the song on Spotify and make a fuck ton of money? Um, 
So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. That could be the evolution of the pin pod. Well, I did a lot of shout outs. I want to talk more in depth about them, but also I just listed so many people um, that that would take forever. Um, so definitely go check out all of those Gryffindor ladies. Um, a lot of them are amazing creators as well. Um, have incredible collections to cosplay. Um, Ashley from the Lightning Struck Tower works at the studio tour. So she has a lot of pictures of that. There's just a lot going on in that group. Oh, um, Bobby from Mrs. Magic Maker had a baby recently. He's adorable. So lots of quality content from all of those Gryffindor gals. Danny, who, uh, who are you bringing to us this episode? I am going to shout out Alexandria's Lens, who has crazy, amazing photography skills. And I want like ounce of her talent because her stuff is absolutely beautiful. So I've got <laughs> I've got three for this episode. I'm kind of cheating a little bit. So the first one is myself. I'm shouting out myself because I'm so goddamn funny on Instagram. So earlier today, our very good friend uh, Chelsea Gryffindor Pinup posted a photo of herself as Sarah Sanderson, which is something that I'm not really understanding where that's from. I googled it. And from I Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus. Okay, it's from Hocus, Hocus Pocus. Pocus. I don't know what that is. Um, but I immediately we saw watched her. Hocus Pocus in the Airbnb in Boston last year. I must have been drunk and or passed out because I swear to God, I've never seen Hocus it, Pocus. It might have been the um, cider night. I have no recollection of seeing Hocus Pocus. Anywho, she posted this photo and like it's she's in a hood, like a cape thing. She's got some red on. So my mind went to Little Red Riding Hood and this like skirt thing she got going on. Like it's like the leg. It's revealing a lot of leg. And I'm funny, as we know I am. So I commented, damn, Little Red, Thiding Hood. And I'm just very proud of my wit there. That was really good. I think I'm funny. Um, anywho, second shout out. <laughs> Sometimes I hear myself in the words I say, and I just, it astounds even me. Um, second shout out is to a friend of the pod, Carissa, uh, Carissa Marston, who... I learned this weekend I had a very lovely uh, afternoon, evening with Sarah Jones Dittmeyer from First Year's Pod, uh, Verita Serum, the other day. And I learned that Carissa is a huge Disney fan and, like, has a Disney pin collection. And, yeah, that's cool. Didn't know that. Learned something fun this weekend. Like, kind of like the horse fact, kind of like horses playing tag. I learned something new this weekend that I didn't think I was going to learn, and I loved it. So, shout out to you, Carissa. The Cowboys thing doesn't really work for me, but the Disney stuff is cool. And then the third shout out, I swear to God, I didn't make this up. I can show my phone. I can send a screenshot. Um, During the recording of this episode. uh, So earlier today, uh, Amy Metters, uh, the nerd fashionista. Am I getting that right? Yeah. The nerd fashionista is her like cosplay kind of Harry Potter wizard spooky attire kind of account that she shows all of her outfits on. Uh, She posted a photo. Um, and it's spooky vibes, hashtag spooky vibes. So I commented, I swear to God, this is like, I commented five hours ago, werewolf bar mitzvah spooky scary. And I forgot that I commented that. Anywho, during the recording of this episode, uh, the shout out goes to Ms. Longbottom, Candace, who says, she comments back on the photo on my comment and says, boys becoming men, men becoming wolves. 
I mean, come on. I, that's perfect. That That's like a higher power saying something. Because I didn't direct her to say that while we happened to be recording right after I sang the song a couple hours ago. So that was pretty cool. So those are my shout outs. My shout outs go to myself for being funny, to Carissa, not for being a Cowboys fan, but for having Disney obsession. They have a, She has a Mickey toaster, I believe I heard from Sarah. That's pretty fucking cool. You're not, you know, casual fans don't get Mickey toasters. That's pretty cool. And then Ms. Longbottom, because, well, that's just perfect timing. So that's what I got. So, Lex, where can we find you and your shop once again? Shop is at Swindle Spell. Um, Swindle is S-W-I-N-D-E-L. And my username is at underscore Lex Potter underscore. Underscores are silent, but very important. Um, And I'm realizing before we close out, Steven still has not seen my pins. I mean, you've seen the digital design, but you haven't seen the actual Nobody pins. shows me shit. Nobody, no, no, look, people treat me like I'm a doormat on this podcast. You're such Danny, a liar. Danny was making fun of me the other week. Madi was making fun of me. Lex didn't show me shit. <laughs> uh, no one, uh, what, what was the hashtag I said the other day, Danny? Hashtag podcasting khakis. If you're out there and you agree that I my talents are being undervalued and underappreciated on this podcast, I encourage you to leave a comment on any of the Creating Magic episodes on Instagram with the hashtag podcasting khakis to show that you stand in solidarity with me, Stephen, muggling khakis. No one has hashtagged anything. I don't no think one. we released that episode. Have <laughs> we, we haven't. Yeah, Wait, so no. I, which whose episode is that on? Was that on? I forget, Danny. I, as you well know, I black out when we record these things. Yeah. So, look, I have no recollection of what I talk about on here. So, I definitely talk about it at some point. Hashtag podcast and khakis is standing in solidarity with me, the muckle and khakis. Um, but who's to say when that occurred? Well, so Danny, can we have a live reveal it. where no one? Yeah, else we have to get it? Stephen's reaction. So, Danny has seen them. Um, this first one has a like draft of the backing card which maybe you guys have seen, actually. I guess I posted a spoiler on my story today. But here's uh, the first pin. That's really cool. Oh, look. It, like, not, the, obviously, like, a concept art design doesn't, it didn't look bad, but this looks so much cooler than the concept art design. Like, there's so much more dimension, and the colors are really well done. And, oh, this is really yeah, so I have um, the same pin, if you've seen the Swindle Spell, um, page i guess in three color variants those so, are really really cool thank you yeah we're very excited about them we're excited to have our first pin also be a, as inclusive as we could make it um because lots of things are about white people and uh we didn't want to do that yeah because it's because look this shouldn't be a thing that took until 20 fucking 20 to get to but flesh-toned things don't just mean white people. That's fucked yeah. up. That's fucked up. So, so kudos to you for being intentionally inclusive and intentionally uh, representational, representative. Boy, representational might not be a word. Um, in, intentionally representative in your work and 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 not not adhering to very kind of homogenous. Caucasian forward heteronormative standards. That is really cool and really well done. And um, I will say too, we have the least amount of the white skin tone ear pins. Yeah. And for our first pins, we're very happy with them. Um, 
there's definitely things if we make these again that I would like to change. I feel like for first round, not knowing what the heck we're doing, they came out really well. You want a free product idea? Sure. Just release the beans, like no ear, and say it's George's ear. You're welcome. End episode. And I think that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> I think it's a great idea. Because it's like a, it's, look, this is George's ear. This is George's earwax pin. And George don't got a fucking ear anymore. So it's just beans. Like you still have them in the exact same display, like in the exact same, like the one mm-hmm. kind of coming out where the ear would be, but there's no ear. And cut. <laughs>